not wearing your secret wishing helmet again. They're not wishes, it's just shit from Event Horizon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Podquisition. I am your lovely, jubbly, fat, wobbly host, Jim Sterling. <laughs> Sorry, I... Every, I always ambush myself with self-deprecation because I never expect to, to do it to myself. But anyway, all of that stuff I said was true. Um, you, you never expect to do it, but you still do it. Therefore, you're ambushing yourself. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm just kind of jumping at myself it, from the shadows. It, it takes like, a I'm, very skilled man to ambush himself. I'm my own predator, like, I, I've got the triangle lights on my head at all times, and I don't know when I'm going to shoot, because the other me is in the jungle somewhere going, I can't do a predator impression. Um, but anyway, that, that like was a reference very to very different than, than yeah. whatever happened in those movies. Yeah, well, the predator goes, but really oh, fast. He? Oh, but, like, oh, even really better. Fast. But, but I can't do that, so I just go... Like that, which which is not, that's a nothing noise. That's see, not a predator. Th- this week, I feel like I, I have some minor amount of understanding of what it's like to be Gav because there's a conversation <laughs> happening on the show before I've been introduced. Well, I'm no, having my diva tantrum right now. I haven't been introduced. You've not been introduced. The show doesn't go on without me. We're going to fix all this right now. We're going to get right into it. I'm joined by Laura. Hello, Laura. Hello, I am me. I appear on this show a lot of the weeks and. All of the weeks, I think. I don't know why I said a lot of them. All of them. Hello. <laughs> you've, you've been in every one so far, which is some sort of record, I think. <laughs> and we're also joined, as always, by Gavin, the love machine. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so do you like my new name for you? I'm calling you the love machine. That's your new The love thing. machine. I, I definitely prefer that to monstrous, fetid, putrid, crow-leaking death machine. Crow-leaking death machine. I like that better. We're going back to that. Uh, how have you been, Gavin? I've been pretty good. Not too bad now. Mixing my album. Ready for release in nice. about a week. And what's the name of that album? Level 6. Level 6, Miracle of Can Sound. Can you believe you six, here, six, not first. six albums in the last five years since Miracle of Sound I began. know. That's, that's, that's that a pretty decent number yeah. of albums. And that's not that including did. the instrumental album and the metal album. So seven yeah, albums. Yeah, that's market saturation. Scale it back. Yeah, it is. You call the duty in yourself, mate. I'm, I'm Assassin's <laughs> Creeding myself. You are, um, except your albums are good. And we are joined with a special guest today. I'm, I'm quite happy to... Uh, I, I totally lost my sentence then. Uh, I was going to say I'm very happy to welcome to the show George... George Super Bunny Hop Weidman. Weedman. Yeah, Weedman. Weidman. I, I was Good. trying to guarantee, I was trying to delay that as long as possible in the hopes you would come in first and it's... get the pronunciation right because I always forget how to pronounce names. Yeah, no, you, you pronounce it Weedman. It's really, really fun, actually, for, 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 for joking purposes. I, I, I can I, imagine it's one of the better surnames to have. I, I quite enjoy implementing a humorous function from uh from because because i have no sense of humor otherwise (laughs) it's good to get affectations as stand-ins for humor i find it's how most american stand-up comics make their trade these days um but yes i mean i always because you know we've spoken to each other quite a few times so i only ever say george or super bunny hop when i'm talking about you in public or george in private so i've never had to say your surname before so that was a real panic moment for me uh, and it's I'm okay. glad we, we made it through, it through it together. Yeah, yeah we're still uh, alive. I mean, life I, is still going. 
I feel like the two of you were closer for having gone through this very important bonding I, moment. It, mm. it was a building. Ex- it was like episodes of Pokemon when Pikachu fights with the honor of his to life. To be fair, uh, to be fair, oh. Yanks mix up our names an awful lot. You don't know how many times yeah, I've been called Gavin Dune, do Dune by Americans. I teach you, you teach me. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Sesame Street. Uh, or Sesame Strite, as I prefer to pronounce Sesame it. Strite. Sesame Strite. Um, so, yeah, so. We, we are here. We're doing a video game show, what we do every week, where we talk probably about video games. Sometimes it devolves into weird discussions of sometimes, tangential topics. You know, not often, just not sometimes. Always, just every now and then. Um, but before, yeah. we, before we carry on, uh, just for, I mean, I, I would find it... Unfathomable uh, that people wouldn't know, especially if you're part of the f- the, the fuck Konami lifestyle. <laughs> you you surely have heard of Super Bunny Hop, but just in case, if you'd like George to just introduce yourself, give a little uh, uh, a little taste to to the world about what it is you do and where they can find your stuff. Oh God, I um make a YouTube show. What I've done, I um do kind of sort of serious content sometimes. When, when the times warrant it. Other times I'm just kind of faffing about with, with your usual reviews and editorial opinion videos. Um, you can find it at youtube.com slash bunnyhopshow. That's how super confident I am in it. <laughs> <laughs> now see, I, I thought that we were inviting you on because you were number one member of the Konami fan club. I thought that we were doing this for the Konami appreciation episode. Is that not... Why we're bringing you on? No. Maybe. I, I, my claim to fame, my one hit wonder, the reason why I am relevant <laughs> in the world is because I um, had, had a video taken down for a, a third of a day that uh, was... That you was, were unaware had gone down. I saw, I, I was um, coming back home from Mother's Day on a bus ride. And I got on the bus and was scrolling through my Twitter mentions and saw someone being like, oh, man, really sorry about what Konami did to your video. And I was thinking, what are they talking about? So I checked my inbox. I see that, uh, that uh, they'd taken the video down. I then email Konami. I, I, I phone up my legal contacts, seeing what I can do. And as it turns out, I didn't really have to do anything because right around the time I got off the bus and got home, YouTube had reinstated the video just fine. They were like, no, Konami, stop. And <laughs> apparently this was a, a progenerator of um, a new official policy that they rolled out a few weeks ago. I would say which... it's definitely, yeah, it's something they themselves, because when I spoke to YouTube about the, the, the copyright protection program, the fair use, sorry, the fair use protection program, um, you, you, your video was brought up uh, by the, the, the folks at YouTube who were very much sort of, you know, that's an example of the kind of stuff we're kind of looking into doing now. So that was very much uh, pro- probably the earliest and, and easily the most um, publicized example of YouTube stepping in. Just what was the theme of the video? Was it a critical video of, of one of their games or of them? Oh, I mean, or? you could presumably call it critical if... If uh, like what was it something on... that, that someone at Konami thought in was within their interests to not have people see? Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it, yes. Yeah. One of yeah, the it was ex- things they did not want to to be public knowledge. I, okay. I have a name of the person who took the video down, or at least it, it could have been an intern acting on their behalf. There is a signature on the copyright strike that was copy-pasted and forwarded to me in an email, and it was a legal executive in Japan. 
Wow. Which makes uh, sense because they um, took the video down at like seven in the morning, which which would have been the end of the day over there. And that that person is now on holiday, and when they come back, they'll be cleaning toilets. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're totally just on holiday and nothing more. So well, yeah, the, yeah. the video the video was about um, you know we'll, we'll we'll say it was a lot of rumors uh, for the, the the sake of corroborated uh, rumors. Thank you. Corroborated. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just trying to cover rumors. <laughs> I'm trying to cover okay, everyone's dude. ass here. Um, but yeah, they corroborated uh, rumors surrounding the uh, departure and the the strenuous relationship between Hideo Kojima and Konami. Yeah. Uh, which which the, um, your video, your very excellent video, uh, kind of collated all of that together. And, and was further corroborated that. by them wanting to take it down later well, on course. anyway. Well, no, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just coincidence. That, that doesn't say anything <laughs> oh, about so all anything. those other videos, they, they were whatever, but it was just yeah, mine. That, uh, yeah, that they just rolled the dice and yours was picked. It, it suggests nothing. But they, they are very I don't know how I've gone so lucky on YouTube. I've never had any copyright issues from... Because none of your songs o- are ever critical of anyone. Well, the, only, <laughs> the only time I ever had copyright issues is when I got a strike for using one of my own songs. <laughs> that's, that's always impressive when that happens. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you did you did that, and now you, people are like, yeah, Weed Man. He he has weedy opinions. Yeah, about the stuff. Weed Man. Everyone knows about me now, which is great. Is there someone whose job it is in certain publishers to like <laughs> sit for hours weeding through YouTube videos to find the ones that are critical? I go, no, uh, don't want that one. I think it depends. I reckon it depends on the company. Konami, I reckon so because they are so fucking sensitive. They are they are such crybabies. Uh, when, I mean, obviously, I, I've made no secret of the fact that they don't like me. Um, but yeah, when I first did my Jimquisition on Konami and, and basically criticised all their business practices because their business practices are shit, um, apparently it went straight to Japan, went up the food chain there. And the quote, uh, because they decided eventually, just first they just blacklisted me. Then for my entire tenure at Destructoids, they blacklisted the entirety of Destructoid. And I forget the guy's exact name, but he's, uh, he was Kojima's second in command basically mm. um who just said about destructoid and i quote fuck those guys um <laughs> well at least so they never took fun. down any of your facebook posts like nintendo did with me last week so that's you know, true. they could have been worse <laughs> oh. Oh. super weird facebook is supposed to be like this this um it it's such god if, if you're gonna go after people for copyright strikes going after people on facebook that's like like shutting down a mom having a pizza party for her children after soccer practice well, yeah. because they're I infringing mean, on. If you're going to go John's after people business. on Facebook, they should be going after those fucking scumbag pages who re-upload other people's videos. I was just about to yeah. say, if Facebook is, is cares about copyright, like the Lad Bible's Facebook page would be shut down. What are you like want about? Day. That's all original content that their team created. Don't ever suggest anything they different. They originally copy pasted it. Yeah, absolutely. They 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 bred they 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 cloned Boogie in a lab. And all those videos that they post of his, he makes for them to monetize. Uh, They're not reproductions, they're reenactments. It was a video by Bryceye, who's another kind of gaming musician guy. Uh, He'd done like, I think it was like a Call of Duty song or something. And they, some, some Facebook page reposted his video and it got like 6 million views and he didn't see a penny from it. 
It is. It's, yeah. it's it, the Facebook stuff, the, and and to a lesser extent, Twitter is a shit house when it comes to just stealing mm. content. The, the Facebook stuff is really shady. There is an update to my story from last week of the Facebook status in which I le- linked to a three-year-old oh, yeah. news story that got pulled by Nintendo with a copyright strike. There is no like way within Nintendo to counteract a copyright strike, uh, within Facebook to counteract a copyright strike. I had to email Facebook and go through quite a lengthy chain of emails to find the person who deals with copyright claims and explain to them how this link to a news story I wrote three years ago that's on a website that's no longer hosted um, about emulation on the 3DS, (laughs) that by posting this Facebook status, I was not in breach of Nintendo's copyright, and that as such, I would like to have that three-year-old status that no one is looking at reinvested on a on a principal basis and that I want that strike on my account removed. That's and it. It becomes a principal yeah, thing. Like, and I got it up. That that post that no one's ever going to look at again is back on my personal Facebook. It's yeah. all about the little victories. Yay. It's all about the Question little victories. So, go Nintendo. <laughs> you can't take down my three-year-old Facebook statuses. Fuck you. That'll teach him. That will yeah. teach them indeed. Um, <laughs> Reggie vis-a-vis is just fuming right now. That's, that's fine. All, all he'll do in retaliation is steal more of my stuff before it can get which, mailed to me. Which he literally does. Yeah, like, he that's, literally that's just a does. Fact. I've, I've been told that a lot of the weird copyright issues with Nintendo are basically coming out of the Japanese branches and not uh, the American ones at all. The, the Nintendo of America, I feel... For the people who actually go through the process, tend to do a pretty good job relating to YouTubers. I don't know, maybe it's just the circle I'm in, but um, like with the Gerard, the completionist, he apparently has a fairly reliable way of getting all the um, review copies fairly early on. They've uh, never given him any copyright issues. They've had him on the Nintendo Direct post shows mm. to do commentary and reactions. And I, I'm thinking it's there's some kind of program you got to sign up for. That uh, not it's, not it's the revenue sharing. Not one. not the revenue sharing one. Okay. They've got multiple ways of. I mean, this is why I've historically had trouble getting um, review copies from Nintendo um, because. They've got different classifications for different forms of media. You've got your reviewers, who they typically send their review code to, you know, quite a bit in advance. And you've got your influencers, which are people uh, they want to do a lot more community-focused Yes, yes, that was with, the word Gerard used. Influencers. Now, the main problem is they didn't know where to put me once I left the <laughs> escapist. Because they said, well, he does all this YouTube shit. And I'm like, yeah, but... But because you copyright claim everything, guys, I don't put videos of Nintendo stuff on YouTube. Like, please, please, I was telling to a guy I know, they're like, please tell them, right? I write reviews of Nintendo games. <laughs> Will that help? And it, it appears to have helped because, you know, I was like, I got a Xenoblade Chronicles X up for embargo and everything. And that was all lovely. And yeah, I was, I, was, I was very happy to see that. I was like, well done. You actually mm. got a Nintendo game early. They seem to have worked out what they, you do. They sent that one out super. Nintendo in general sends out copies mm. super early. They do. They, oh, they, they're they're really good. They're very con- I mean, they're very confident in their, their games. I think mm. that's always a show of, of confidence that they're like, yeah, you want like a month with this? Like, go for it. Yeah, like, don't give a I, shit. I, I, back when um, Yoshi's Woolly World released in Europe, I got it, I think, three weeks early. Cause, mm-hmm. And that's like not a long game. And they were like, yeah, it's fine. Have it whenever. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I feel it's a, it's a good show of confidence. And it's a, obviously it allows you to 
give the game a lot more attention and, and, and a better environment to review it in. Uh, you, so it's one of the reasons why I've argued in favour of embargoes before, just because you can sometimes it gives you that window of comfort to to an extent make a generalization of a game's quality based on its embargo date. Like if it's a super it's early embargo, that's that's a good sign generally. Yeah, it's certainly not a, a hard and fast rule. I mean, I've had like launch day embargoes of games that are excellent, and I'm like, why they? Because some games want launch day embargoes for pure hype reasons. Mm. It's like we want reviews to go up the moment the game's available, so that they'll see all these good reviews and go out and get it. But that's not what the appearance. Um, the general public often get when they see yeah. Well, it's like I don't blame anyone who assumed that Fallout Four was going to be terrible, considering the hype and the closeness to release of the embargo. Yeah, I can certainly see why people were concerned. Well, I mean, a lot of people are convinced that it's terrible, which is fair enough. It's, That's their right. There, there are um, there are complaints to be had with it. it even sure. even good. issues. Pretty even good. I have complaints with it now after finishing it, <laughs> which may shock you, and they're very very big complaints. It's always really weird judging super long RPGs that Bethesda does that are great for 30 hours and then all of a sudden is not so great for the next 30 hours because if it manages to be good for that long, <laughs> it's like, is that even... It's, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I've, I've, it's just, I've had things with the other way around as well. It's like, when people are angry at me because I didn't do like the last fucking boss of Final Fantasy thirteen before I like said, no, this is shit. It's like, <laughs> if I've played it for over 30 hours and had a terrible fucking time, right? Unless, like, fucking... What's his face? Chuckles, or whatever he is in fucking Final Fantasy XIII, the bloke with the beanie, unless he crawls out the TV Ringu style and gives me the biggest blow jibber of my life, I'm probably still going to think it's shit. Laura, you must finish every one of those skunk-flavoured sweets before you tell us they're shit. Oh, God. Now, see, Jim, Jim, didn't you know that that is how Final Fantasy XIII ends? Did you not get to the blowjob scene? That was the final boss you missed. Yeah, the, the final boss. You, he gives, he gives you a blowy, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, and, and the screen breaks. The and, game yeah. restarts, oh, this and is it's quite all right. Bayonetta instead. It's great. Oh, Yeah, the controller God. is your penis, Jim. Well, I feel... Don't I just feel like a silly goose? Well, exactly, you should. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're, you are right. It, it is a difficult... These games that are so huge, it, it can be difficult to judge. It's like, um, I mean, you know, I reviewed Xenoblade Chronicles X this past week, mm. and there are some big problems with that game. Like, really bad design. But the game is, like, like, like 40 hours long just to get, like, just to get to see almost everything. Mm. Like, regardless of story, it's 40 hours long and it's still drip-feeding you content. And so the really bad elements, like the stuff where I'm like, this is straight-up bad design, is so, it spreads so thinly over excellent content that it's like, it just waters down the badness. Yeah, like- and... I, I just got my copy this week to start working through for a review, and so mm-hmm. far I'm, I've am i put, what, half a dozen hours in, and I'm like, I can certainly see where there are some, some issues with this game, but I'm overwhelmingly just not bothered by them. Yeah, like and, it kind of yeah. just, it gets diluted, and that's a tough thing to pull off, because, I mean, if you're going to do a, a shit, if a game is shit and it's 80 hours long, like... You're fucked. But if you manage to have shit ideas in a game that is actually good for 80 hours, then it... You know, this is why I haven't been as harsh... You know, it's why I didn't give Fallout 4 the 3 out of 10 that some people want me to give it to, (laughs) because I can... can, 
acknowledge it's got bugs. I can acknowledge it has some shallow moments. But when that's introduced into the whole, I found myself, you know, loving the entirety of the thing. Mm. Uh, and so the, the, the problems kind of blend in a lot more than something that's like, you know, four hours long and has the same amount of, of shit in it. Um, and I think that's a, a kind of, that sort of context is something that often isn't taken into account when people talk about reviews and, you know, why did you give this game this score, but this game another score? Mm. It's like, context matters, the size of the game matters, Plus in, the in, frequency of the issues matter. In a game as, as big as a Bethesda game, there's so many different things that you spend your time doing, and a lot of people will just choose to do the parts of the game that to them are really enjoyable, so their overall experience will be good. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's a different... Do you want, do you, different do you want to hear what my big criticism is of Fallout 4? After having like a couple of weeks to actually be able to be objective about it, <laughs> yep. why does every single fucking story, place, and mission in the game have to end with slaughter everyone? I hate that. Yeah, like I was so disappointed. Mm. So, like there was two places that really made this stand out for me. The first was the combat zone. You come into this mm. area and it's like, oh man, an arena. This is going to be like Oblivion, where you like go Bet up and do. Fights, no, it's a room full of raiders yeah, that you just, kill. And the, run it. the the other was the racetrack. You hear them like racing robots around, and like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. Am I going to be able to like put Codsworth in a race against? And, and, <laughs> and it's like, no, no, you just have to kill everyone. I I'll agree with that. Like those two moments especially, because I've always liked the idea. Because I liked it in I forget if it was Fallout. I think it was New Vegas, where there's a vault that's been taken over by raiders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're initially non-hostile. Mm. Right. And you can actually have a conversation with the leader. And it's like, I like this idea that not all raiders are automatically out to slaughter you. Yeah. And I like... And the same was um, with, what was it, Paradise Falls, the slaver um, yeah, exactly, area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the idea of getting a glimpse of... Of what this raider culture is like, without feel, it turning into a water effect. I feel like the the reason this happened is because they changed the dialogue system. They limited themselves in what they could, maybe even financially afford to record. <laughs> Do you know? It just, yeah, I think be a it's it's a real shame because in um all of those games where where raiders are non-hostile, which is also how Fallout Two worked, and even in like the earlier KOTOR games, there would oftentimes be a speech check before a combat encounter, and you might be able to sneak your way around and and get out of there with the least amount of violence possible. And in New Vegas's case, the whole story revolved around the super intricate faction play, where depending on on which factions you liked and which not, you could sneak your way around non-hostiles mm -hmm. and still screw them over, but without them even knowing it. And it feels so good. And, um, mm -hmm. like, I, I super wish more games had more pacifist options for play, because, like, the level mm -hmm. of, of, of violence in, in Fallout and Borderlands, when it comes to the Raiders, has always... It's, it's absurd that the population of these raiders who were wild animals <laughs> who walk up to you and attack you the same way bears do outnumber regular people like six to one. Mm -hmm. Plus, if they're, if, they're, if they're like the way they are, would they not see someone like you and think, well, maybe that could be someone we could work with? <laughs> yeah. That guy just fucking killed a death claw. Maybe we should like ask him to you join us instead of shoot at him. To, to these people wearing like a cod piece of scrap metal and that's it. And you have a giant <laughs> suit of power armor with a jetpack duct taped onto it in a minigun. <laughs> and they're like, all right, guys, I got this. 
He was this, 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 this is this is why I like Tales from the Borderlands because it was that whole setting of like, oh yeah, all the raiders they're going to kill you all the time, and then it threw a load of situations at you where it's like, oh no, all those raiders that would usually just fight you, well, no, you can probably well, get out of this fair, situation that, non-violently. That, that was probably due to limitations in their engine as well. It may well have been, <laughs> but I enjoyed that about the setup I, in that honestly, world. I, I totally agree. Like mm. episode one of Tales from the Borderlands. Um, did so much more for the world building of Pandora and, and Borderlands than any of the actual Borderlands. Yeah, games. because you were able to not just shoot your way out of yeah. everything. Sometimes you could talk to people and got learn a, things about the world. Exactly, you got a glimpse of the society of mm. the bandits and the psychos and all of that yeah. stuff um, that, that inhabit it. And and I love that. I, I mean, I always love sort of getting glimpses of the society of the bad guys and stuff because it, it gives them a little extra depth rather than. As 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 was said, mm. you know, just wild animal people that you just uh, slaughter without a second thought. It's like I'd I'd like to have a little personality re- and a little depth to and, them. And I, the I really think as well, like it is kind of like an elephant in the room. But The Witcher Three really has just ruined other RPGs for me lately because, <laughs> especially with side quests, because every single quest in that game had something to set it apart, something a little bit different. You know the. Like half the quests that you did found around the countryside and stuff, a lot of them didn't even have combat in them, you know. And yeah. I think that yeah, really yeah. has upped the game now. And I think Bethesda did just fall a little bit behind with Fallout Four for that, and that disappointed me because Fallout New Vegas and Fallout Three had a lot of stuff that you could solve with, you know, non-violence. And also the quests were just more interesting and thought out. I have. I have a sneaking suspicion that Bethesda is simply starting to run out of ideas for stories to turn into side quests. Because when you go from Oblivion, which generally had good side quests that kind of Mm. peaked Mm. with the um, Dark Brotherhood line, Mm. to Fallout 3, which I feel, I mean, there are purists who hate it, but I still think it's a solid game. There are some great quest lines out of Megaton. Like, Like, remember Moira? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who who would send you on basically little nothing fetch quests, but they were written into this really entertaining line where she would write a, a vault. And then if you wanted to, you could be change. a complete dick and like convince her her book was a load of shit and like lose the quest <laughs> but gain a new perk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it 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 is a little disappointing, and I don't know what really the way to deal with that is other than giving a bit of a shake up to the formula rather it's, it's than just being like hey it's another elbow grease. get obsidian just, to yeah. write it effort you know, well, into writing Bethesda yeah. build the world Bethesda make the combat obsidian write the, the dialogue there you go best well, fucking I mean, game I, ever you know, and I say this as someone who, who loved Fallout 4 still loves Fallout 4 um, very you know conscious, conscious of its issues but I am looking forward to and keeping my fingers crossed that we'll get another New Vegas situation. Where I want that so hard. I, well, just well, like, oh. I want that too, but then I feel like mm-hmm. Obsidian aren't as good as Bethesda at the actual environment building and stuff. So I just, you know, I'm actually making well, synergy signs with my hands here. I think that's what made New Vegas though. What made New Vegas work so well is they basically just took all the groundwork that had been laid out in Fallout 3. And, I mean, there are even areas in Fallout 3, in, in, in New Vegas, that have just been copied and pasted from Fallout 3, like actual buildings and shit. Half the job was which, done for them. Yeah, but yeah, um, even, even with that, just with the, the physicality of building worlds and levels, I think Bethesda just are expert at it now and I think 
Obsidian, like New Vegas, I just didn't find a very fun world to explore compared to the capital wasteland. Really? But then the stories in New Vegas were so much better, so... Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. They're, they're, Bethesda and Obsidian are really, really excellent at different things, which which obviously mm. makes their games, their Fallout games, feel very different. Yeah. I do feel like if we could just get Bethesda and Obsidian to work together mm. on one Fallout game, oh my it God, would it would probably be, amazing. be the best thing in game the world. Game of the fucking century. I think that Hannah Montana put it best when she said we need the best of both worlds. Mm. <laughs> yes. And really, I think the game industry overall would benefit a lot more from listening to Hannah Montana. It, exactly. You'd learn, you'd learn some very good, you know, moral and ethical uh, guidelines to follow if you listen to more Disney Channel Hannah, original music. Mm. Hannah Montana should be the game industry's leading light. Yeah, well, Hannah, Hannah Montana. Uh, who Hannah was that Montana's one? Um, Miley was Cyrus. All over the internet this week. Well, that's that again is something that the internet, uh, that the video game industry could stand to learn from. Does Hannah um, Montana still exist? She's I, Miley I, Cyrus I, I, now. She, she's Miley Cyrus now, and she like makes she evolved like a Pokemon and stuff. Yeah, she's like, oh no, I'm gonna kiss a giant Barbie doll in a in no a swimming pool. How you know, edgy am I? This may not be a popular opinion, but I like Miley Cyrus. I think she's pretty cool. I don't think you know what? She, I, I think like she's really she as bad as people make fuck. her out to be. Exactly? I was about to say, like, I I agree. Like, I people are like, oh my god, it's shocking. How she, how could she do this thing? How could she stick her tongue out all the time? And <laughs> how dare and, how dare she provoke sexuality in a way that doesn't pander to me? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I don't give a shit. Like, go go up there, like get your your norks out, like. Wear a thing that lives like like wear a leotard that lives inside of yourself, you know, <laughs> and it don't matter. Have a laugh. It's, it's not it's not hurting anyone. She, I mean, she, she reminds stay me, away from Robin Thicke. He's a bad one. But she she reminds me a lot of the music industry's equivalent of like a Sarah Silverman or someone where she's just like, you know what? Fuck it. If I'm gonna have fun, then that's fine. I'm like, I respect that attitude to, to creation. Go with you. I wish I could. Yeah, have like fun. I mean. Would would that we all would that we all could be more like Miley Cyrus? I think the world would be a better place if all of us were exactly like if if all of us were Miley Cyrus and it was just a world where we all woke up one day we looked, sounded, and acted exactly like Miley Cyrus. All of us, the world would be a better place. America would be. Don't don't worry about what Donald Trump says. Right, the way we make America great again is that we all become Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is the next generation. I feel like this podcast went in a very weird direction at this moment. I feel like it as went a, the right way. As opposed way. to every other week. And, well, I think <laughs> most, I've never most, felt more right. Most weeks we've talked a little bit about a more about video game news than we have this week. It, we, we haven't usually gone quite this far on a tangent by this point, so I'm I'm quite proud. No, of I us. thought we were doing pretty well, well this week. We've, we've, we've we talked doing, about video games like we, we were doing pretty well until <laughs> we were doing pretty well until I mentioned Hannah Montana and we went off track because well, I've, I've yeah. I'm idea. just saying. What's your idea? Um, Miley Cyrus, the video game. Let's p- pitch it to me. This, this is why we bring you on the yes. show. You actually come up with segment ideas. Well done. <laughs> um, so Miley Cyrus, the video game. Um, well, of course, mm-hmm. there would be like a dedicated button for twerking. That's a given. Obvious. Obvious. Which, yeah. Uh, all of the face buttons. Like <laughs> oh, it, the only I buttons you've got left are like the triggers <laughs> oh, and bumpers. All of all of the face buttons are various twerking. Buttons. I feel. 
I like the idea, but I feel like we're going the wrong way. I don't think there should be a button to activate twerking. Uh, I think, like, click the right stick, and then it's on. I think there should be a twerk. My oh, twer- is twerk. Twer- I think the twerking should be, you know, you wiggle the stick. While you're playing the game, that would if be you good. wiggle the stick, you like just Like Metal Gear Revengeance. Now, yeah. now, now, how do we ascribe value to twerking? What sort of, what sort of economic system shall be at play? You can, you can have a bunch of people around her, like fundamentalist Christians, and like, the harder and faster you twerk, the more shocked they get. And once they all faint and fall over, you can then move past them. I like that, but I don't feel that, you know, as, as the president of the Miley Cyrus Appreciation Society, I don't feel that's, um, that quite promotes the, the wholesome lifestyle that Miley Cyrus is going for. I, I do agree that we should be twerking near Christians. We should be twerking near any kind of fundamentalist, any kind of moral guardian. But the idea is the more furiously you twerk as you waggle the stick and get real-time twerking physics, um, they get... First, more and more shocked, but then if you twerk harder, they get they reach a sense of euphoria uh, and eventually start twerking themselves. And we spread the twerk like a like a catamari of twerking. I think we're going entirely the wrong way with the twerking system. I think that any kind of twerking that. system that marks or grades or gives you a context for how well your twerking is doing in any kind of numerical sense is the wrong way to go. I think I, can, I, can, I think that the value of the twerking should be entirely in the act itself, not in the consequences of the act. I think that we don't mark a twerk based on how many people react to it. The twerk should speak for itself, and the act of doing the twerk within the game should be its own reward. Maybe, it matters not how well you twerk, yeah, only it, that it you twerk. It just matters that you twerked the best you could, and that you had fun doing the twerk. So, so yeah. what I'm imagining here is a situation kind of like, like a Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2... Top-down mm-hmm. console hack and slash. I'm imagining... I'm, I'm, memories are flooding back to me of playing the Necromancer, in which you would right. hack away at enemies and then bring them back to life to fight toward for you. However, if we're Miley Cyrus twerking with the right analog stick, then we're, we're twerking away at enemies who we could then convert towards our cause to turning planet Earth into a bunch twer- of Miley's. But if there's also them. some... Wait, I thought... Okay, so, so lick button. Got it. All right. The you twerk, got, you got the twerk immobilizes them. The twerk is your, like, stun. Well, no, surely the, the lick, the lick should the immobilize, because that's like the paralyzing lick that Haunter does in Pokemon. The lick, you, you do the a lick should work... They get scared. It should work like the goat's tongue in Goat Simulator. Oh, so it, that flicks out at, like, miles-long distances and latches so, onto so someone. So let's say A is jump. And then you twerk towards them like you're reeling in a fish. X is lick. Right stick is twerk. Yep. General oh, combat like... process is twerking enemies to death, but you do have the optional lick if you want to stun them instead. Maybe there's like some kind of, of four frame link between the two so you can juggle it. But like Laura mm-hmm. was some saying. Some enemies have shields the... that need to be like licked at, <laughs> and so then they break, and then they're vulnerable to a twerk. And then you, you can unlock a special move later that, like, once you do a certain amount of twerks and licks, you can unlock a Robin Thick, and you throw the Robin Thick at them, and he like sings songs about he how he wants his wife back. And the enemies are so cringe, cringed out by it that they just go, yeah, let's, let's go home, guys. He's basically... You build your Miley meter. The Miley he's meter. Like a, <laughs> he's like a Final Fantasy summon, right? So you, you equip Hannah Materia, and, <laughs> and you get a certain amount of MP, Miley points, 
And <laughs> as you work them up, then you can summon Robin Thicke. Uh, you can summon, because I know you were about to bring up like the, the sex doll. Um, oh, yeah, you, know, was, you can summon I, the sex doll yeah. and it's got its giant rubber cock and it just kind of drives through waves of enemies um, and sends them spinning well, and they, 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 they love it before they hit the ground. I, I was just going to ask, how do we work like provocative lesbian kissing into the combat system? Kiss button. Because I feel oh, well, like there's I mean, got to be space in the combat system button, for that. jump button, kiss button, twerk yeah. stick. <laughs> That's our control scheme. <laughs> And, and the um, twerk stick is tied to a, a self-expressive musical mini-game. I, I guess kind of like, like an Okami interface. You start wiggling the stick, it draws a picture. Miley's butt traces the picture. It dynamically plays some kind of synthy pop music to the rhythm of your twerk drawing. Therefore, the player can have fun while they twerk and also making America great again by turning everyone into Miley Cyrus. Yeah, see, that wouldn't be I too difficult this. to do, because you just, like, set the, the, like, dynamic tempo of the music to fit with, like, the tempo of your stick. That sounds like a very doable scheme that I we have I love fitting here. my stick to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it, we've got, like, the basics ow. of a thing here, and <laughs> if there is someone listening who's a game developer and wants to waste their life, go ahead, have this idea. Miley Cyrus's Twerk Quest 2016, let's do it, let's go. That's good! I, I, I would also be willing to pitch Miley Cyrus in twerking hard or hardly twerking. <laughs> you got to get Billy Ray in there as well, though. I mean, like, you twerk can have... Oh, yeah, like, he's Donald trying. Trump has kidnapped Billy Ray and is forcing him no, to no, play no, no. Icky Breaky Heart 24 I, I, I think Billy Ray just stands in the corner of every level disapproving and shaking his head I saying, don't think what he have does. I done? What have I... Br- I don't think Billy does disapprove. I, I think he's pretty, Billy loves he's pretty it. cool with her. That's the plot Billy twist. Loves it. You beat him and he's like, ha-ha, I approved of you all along. <laughs> <laughs> now let's have hamburgers. <laughs> And then they eat hamburgers, and that's the. I mean, we've kind of spoiled the ending. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that, that's only that's only well, the first are, ending. We are if you, developing if you replay a game. It, well, mm. this is the thing. That was only the first ending. If you then replay like sections of it, you get the true yeah. pacifist. I'm ending. afraid I'm well, going I mean, to have to boycott multiple... this show from now on because you keep spoiling non-existent games, Laura. <laughs> Yeah, oh god. I'm just no. saying, they, we, we'll do different endings so people get different. You know, if she joins up with the Brotherhood of Steel, she gets a different <laughs> ending. You know, if she sides with the Minute Men, she gets something else. Actually, I have an idea that I've wanted to do for a video game for ages, and I think this is the perfect time to do it. We mm-hmm. ship out like six different versions of this game, and we don't tell people we've done it. And we have like six different endings of varying rarities. So that the internet just argues over how it ended. It's like, no, that's not how it ended. It ended like this. And we create like the implosion of the internet where no that's one a can power move. No one can prove anyone wrong. Everyone's talking about our game because they no one can work out how it ended. Maybe that's what happened with we, Mass Effect Three, Laura. You got a, a, oh, a I secret got copy, copy that ending. had a good ending. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry you got the bad ending copy, Gav, oh. that was shitty for you. Sorry. Oh, we're not doing this again. I'm <laughs> Hashtag I'm, I'm place- the best ending in a video game ever. I'm placing I'm placing an embargo on any any comments this week that draws boiled piss from the comment section because this week I've had enough of that. Have so you ever I, I, not had enough? Bo- I just listened to two podcasts to get ready. One of them was about Miyamoto's cloacia, and in <laughs> oh, both yeah. of them. <laughs> Boiled piss, images of piss boiling on my stove have just been like burning through my brain while I'm running on the treadmill. And it's it's like it, yeah. I'm all sweaty and sticky and I'm thinking of boiling piss. Speaking this, of, this yeah, great. speaking George of, was asking, George I, was asking I need to address something. To... Yes, yes. Oh. La- mm-hmm. Last week when I was asking Bioware not to uh, name their character Ryder, I was joking. <laughs> that was a joke. 
It does like not equate. Very serious. It does way. not equate to trying to censor language. So. <laughs> Um, Look, do people know what that word this, means this is, anymore? No, but this they said f- it, so, people were saying it was hypocritical because when I complain on Twitter about I Americans it, yeah. telling me not to say cunt, I mean, and I'm like, I'm fuck you, I'm Irish, I'm going to say that word all I want, and then they're like, it's well, funny, then you, was, and then you tell Bioware what they can and can't say because it's an Irish slang word. I'm like, it's, I, yes, I was but that just was about to say that. People who misuse the word censor remind me of another word beginning with C, but uh, you more or less you more covered or less that did ground that for me. But yeah, um, George was asking what episodes of this he should listen to before coming on to get a feel for the show, and I was like, mm, what one would work? Oh, that one about talking penis holes. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good that's show good. to send over. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not a bad good. one. So oh. I, I hope yeah. you're glad oh, and just to, talking, ju- talking Just to cover my bases... Just to cover my bases, I did just say complain about censorship. I mean, wrongfully complain about censorship that isn't censorship because censorship itself is bad and I don't approve. So that's my ass covered. Um, but yeah, boiled piss. Uh, you can blame videogamer.com for that one. Um, Steve Burns says it a lot, and I'm a big fan of Steve Burns, so I just kind of stole his word. His term. How, how do you think um, this expression came about? I mean, like, what um, what is it about boiling piss that means that that someone is angry? Is, is this what well, angry people it, it would do? Am I not normal? They're excreting something very hot from their body and something okay, okay. also quite well, with a bit of a stench oh, off yes, of it that no yes. one wants so they're like to little, uh, experience. Steam, steam kettle cartoon people who are mad with smoke coming out of their ears, yeah, it, meaning that the piss inside of them is boiling over and they're whistling through their mouths. Yeah, and it just smells like someone who's not well hydrated. Oh. Because it's like, oh, that's unpleasant. You don't need to boil all that piss over that. Yeah. And I think it's a good way to describe like the, the, the vitriol that they then vomit up onto the internet. It does you know, some of the comments you get from, from angry people who don't under, didn't understand what it was you said could be likened to them just covering your comment page because boiled piss. Just that that it evokes a good mental image of what a comment section looks like once the you know, once the it's, the annoying It's a thing you'd really rather not dive into. My yeah, my yeah. solution to this problem is to just not participate. <laughs> yeah, you know like what? I, that is the best solution, and it's it's one that I yeah. have found very very uh, good for the mind in the last month. Yeah, I had a work discussion with someone today who was talking about a comment section, and I was like, "Okay, first problem: Why did you go to the comment section? That's never a good idea." Uh, not I, a good I think it depends on like. Well, I think it depends on the subject matter as well. Oh. I mean, some, this, some this, comment... this was someone gave a game a one out of ten. Just oh, don't yeah, ever no. go near that no. comment section. Like game, game reviews comment sections never a good idea. They'll give you all I kinds mean, of chlamydia and you know fucking this game is, herpes. This and... game is fundamentally broken, but I liked it even though I couldn't complete it. Why didn't you give it a better score even though it's broken? Is is the comment? I mean, I like. <laughs> That's all right, go, George. I was just going to ask Gav, are the comments for video game music, like, are they better? Because, yeah. I don't know, I, I imagine there's, like, less to get pissed off at when you well, hear a pretty song, unless you're like, oh, it wasn't as good as the last one, zero out of ten. You know, it's hard to answer this without being arrogant, but my stuff is really good. So my comment section is like this little oasis of nice, calm, kind of a big love-in. <laughs> But that said, the being good came from listening to criticism and changing what was bad. So right. yeah, the I comment section has value. gotten I mean, better and better and better over the years as the music has improved. 
Exactly. Everyone out there who is good now at one point was kind of shit, and you know the comments weren't probably weren't every, great at that point. Every so often, I mean, I like, owe the Jim Position success to with The Witcher and Bayonetta. There were big arguments in the comments about all you know all the usual stuff, SJWs and censorship and sexy arts characters and on all their this. college campuses. Uh, yeah. I'll burn in all them books, so, literally. Oh, we're not going to start this again. <laughs> no, no, that that was it. That was just a that was just a wacky fun callback. Mm-hmm. Officially, no comment. <laughs> but yeah, usually yeah, if, if that no, erupts in my comments, I'll just valuable. say, guys, we're just here to all enjoy the same things, so let's not fight. That'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice if everyone. But could, how can I like enjoy that. it when sometimes I don't? How can yeah. how can I let other people enjoy it when I don't? They must feel the same as me. If I dislike yeah, it, they like, must. That's a cornerstone of the internet, isn't it? Not letting yeah. people enjoy the things that you don't like. Try try liking Fallout 4 on Twitter and see what happens. <laughs> I gave it a pretty positive review. I'm I'm aware of what this is like. <laughs> but yeah. I mean on the subject of, of that, like on you know, when when we're talking about boiled piss and shit. Uh, not boiled piss and shit. I meant and oh, shit. God. Oh, and no. Stuff. no you <laughs> um, add, like, don't boil your shit. Your boiled piss soup. <laughs> <laughs> Poutons. Oh, but yeah, I've been I've been looking because because game FAQs now game FAQs community is scum of the earth generally, but they're doing their their p- pitting games against each other oh, and yeah, fighting for the best one. Does anyone in their Which head is always... pronounce that site game facts? By the way, because. I always say game facts in I my I think head. I used to, but but I think I've heard I, it I said game read it so as long. Facts. I, yeah, I mean either way, it's it's a it's a scum hive. But um they're doing their their poll, you know, battling games against each other and Undertale is winning quite a bit. Mm. Okay, good, good. Be mad. Oh, no. oh my god. People people hipster tales. I never understood yeah. this Pitting one game against another game in these popularity contests, it's a bad system that misrepresents what the popular games are. You are right that that's a bad system. That being said... I have had so much fun watching people get upset about Undertale. Like before, <laughs> over the, a poll that doesn't matter, oh, bef- the game yeah. that is good. Before this, it was the three or four days that um, Undertale was the top critically rated PC game on Metacritic. Why don't and people the internet like it? lost its shit? I'm Basically, they're like, the "Oh, it's a game about feelings and SJW games." Tumblr the game. Why do you? You like don't have it? to kill everything. It still oh, is you can... number one. Oh my god, Mushihime-sama is number two. <laughs> what is this on the game facts thing or oh no it's half-life 2 again no um i was uh, checking to see if oh, undertale um, is still the top rated pc game on metacritic it's it's still in the top 10 i think it's still in like the the high 90s oh, last time so I, like, I just wonder if if anyone's told the boys that, uh that are angry on the game faq site like you can still kill everything if you want yeah and you, you can still do violence yeah. if that's what gets if you want to do that you can play an entire mode of that game that is about like the horror, like everyone running and screaming because you're too good at killing. And also, just like the general like, aesthetics I, and presentation of Undertale, they seem much more tuned to the classic traditional video game than like stereotype if, indie art game. It's there's way more Earthbound in there than Fez. If anything, yeah. does give, being given the option to kill not make your violence even more meaningful because you chose in, to do it? 
Indeed it does, and the game plays on that very knowledge of you didn't have to kill, but you did. Yeah. We, You're going to have a comment, bad time. The best comment I saw, though, from people angry about this and ruining the sanctity of the game FAQ's fucking uh, yeah. popularity contest was like, man, this game shouldn't count because it's enjoyed by people who have interests outside of games. <sighs> it, <laughs> that's that's the crime now. I can't have an believe interest that, like, outside Undertale of is what they picked because Undertale it like has super it's... hard sometimes Twitch mini game shmup challenges. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it has have, all have... these references to really obscure Japanese video games that no one's gonna get unless they know. It's it's like what well, like Undertale the, the... is not fitting their stereotype. Yeah, the the it's mo- not, it's yeah. not gone home. If, if you get to the it's end of the murder rampage, like the final boss is probably the most difficult uh, mm. bullet hell boss fight I have ever experienced. You get in dunked anything. on in Undertale. Y- yeah, get dunked on. I think it's clear to me that, that some of these games get judged not by the quality of the game, but what critics and what outlets well, liked it, I, and then they decide what I, the game I, is yeah, about. I'm, I'm going to give that. you a bit of a spoiler here. I think a lot of the reason that like a lot of people don't like Undertale is because it's liked a lot by Polygon, Tumblr, and women. Women, <laughs> Tumblr, and Polygon like this game, and as such... The Real unholy trinity. Like it because you cannot like anything that is popular. Fair, on I do Polygon, remember Tumblr in school, like women. all the wankers liked Rage Against the Machine and Massive Attack, and I hated them. But then I actually listened to them, and I was like, they're really good. So even if yeah, someone you, you think actually... is a wanker, like something. And it turns you off it, give it a chance, because it might be great yeah, and you might it love it. And, and it really just is, like, the popularity problem. Like, like I remember for the first week, everyone loved Undertale. But that was just for the first yeah. week. Once that week was over, all of a sudden... The backlash sets in, Some yeah. people don't like Undertale anymore. We saw that with um, Bioshock Infinite was a prominent mm. one, where the, the backlash against that became... To the point where people were, like, gleeful in their dislike of it. And we're seeing this with Undertale now. Uh, we saw a little bit of it preemptively with Life is Strange. Now, I don't like Life is Strange, mm. but people who were calling it Tumblr the game just because two girls were in it, like, before the game had even come out. Like, I mean, you, who's being the reactionary here? Like, let, let's maybe rein in our pre- presumptive offense. Who is being uh, angry because... about a political intersection between video games and personal politics? Yeah. We, exactly. We we have this week very much veered into the whole uh, we the the whole complaining about the audience thing that we said a few episodes ago we weren't going to do. Well, I don't yeah, think we're, we're complaining not complaining about, about our audience. audience. We're, we're, we're complaining about we're complaining who, about dickheads. We're complaining about dickheads who hopefully aren't in our audience. <laughs> I mean, there but, might be a couple, but, but they got the Miley Cyrus twerking thing going. We all know on, that's so we not get, true. Oh, we we had we had one email this week, and I'm gonna mention this because I find it kind of hilarious. Someone who said that they're never gonna listen to this show again because we they felt like we were infringing on their right to hate LGBT people by the way we put this show together. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, that is my favorite email we got this week, where it's like, yeah, you, you you make me feel bad for disliking LGBT people, therefore I'm boycotting your show. And I'm like, so I make well, you, I, if I make you feel place. bad for being a cunt, that's okay with me. <laughs> but why listen in the first place? I'm a fucking. But okay. I'm a fucking poly pansexual degenerate. By, by not, even not mentioning that, to a woman. you are still like participating 
in in the game to a point. Like like it had you just not said that. Now this person's probably going to listen to this podcast and be like, "Oh boy, I should have yeah, had here's, my here's the five thing. minutes." Here's the thing. If 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 they're listening, you're a liar. You're a big stinky liar. You said you weren't going to listen. I know you're lying. You can't say anything about this now. You can never you them. can never acknowledge it. You can never acknowledge You're a lying homophobe, the smelliest <laughs> kind of homophobe there is. <laughs> Anyway, should we talk about some video game news from this week? There's a little bit of that to talk about very quickly. <laughs> Why not? Can we talk Why about not? some of that? Uh, yeah. Just Cause 3 came out this week, and um, it's having some performance problems. Uh-oh. The Xbox, God damn it, yes. The Xbox One in particular, um, I saw quoted somewhere, people had 15-minute load times. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I, f- I failed to mention that in the review. Like, it actually got better did, and better during my review process. Did you have one of the 15... waits for 15 minutes for Did you have a 15-minute yeah. load? To test that. How do Who you the even... fuck I... waits that long? I played it on PC. It wasn't a 15-minute load, but the intro scene... Mm. Um, there's, there's an intro scene before the intro... Basically, an intro menu before the intro menu, where you've got to wait for Square Enix to log on to its servers. And that takes a fucking while. It got better and better during the review process. um, Seriously? Up until launch. Just because... just yeah. a single player game. Um, yeah, Total Biscuit uh, was yeah. talking about that as well. He was saying it, it's uh, really I've, just really detrimental to the experience and needless. Lisa. Yeah, like I've I've been playing it on PC, and the biggest problems I've been having so far are just um, crash to desktop issues. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah. Uh, like bits of textures that just don't load in for no reason. Um, I've had my character fall through the floor. Um, a classic. So, on top of those, if you're playing on the Xbox One, the frame rate just like completely takes a nosedive every now and then, and there are 15 minute load times sometimes for no reason. Absolute. The 15 minute load that sounds a little fishy. Is that to just me. cause or I, just in general? I, on I would have the Xbox One. The the average I've like I've seen a lot of people talking about like three to five minute load times, but I've also seen footage of 15 minute load times. Three to five minutes is still unforgivable. Yeah, but you can actually like Uh, believe that someone sat for three to five minutes and watched it. 15 minutes on the other hand, that's... I have watched watched a 15 minute loop today of a loading screen on the Xbox One version that doesn't appear to to be altered. It appears to to be be a legit 15 minutes. I I did once let Ori and the Blind Forest load for 20 minutes before I got bored. Yeah. Like, I just had it on in the background and did other things on my computer, and I'm like, you know what, this shit ain't loading. In 15 minutes, think of all the loading screen tips you could learn in that time. I'm pretty sure you could learn every loading screen tip in that time. (laughs) Twice. Speaking of including auxiliary content on loading screens... Oh, look at that segue, what you did. Yeah, Namco Bandai aren't... Aren't in charge of you having loading screen minigames anymore, are they? I can't wait they not? for redundant loading screen this. tips to be a thing of the past and kick ass loading screen minigames to be a thing of the now. Woo woo. Is that real? Yeah, this is the yeah. first right? um, I, I don't, yeah. I, Sorry, go wow. on. Wow. I, I get behind on my game news a lot now, now that yeah. I don't sort of report on it. I kind of do weekly roundups and stuff. But no, this is new to yeah. me. So Namco Bandai, up until like very recently, or maybe even still now and the near future, have they had it patented, have also right? had a yeah a patent on loading screen yeah. mini games, and mm-hmm. some companies have found ways around it. Yeah. Like EA has occasionally had them in FIFA, and like there are little bits of wiggle room as to what you consider a game and they, as such what you can do outside of that patent. They also um, weren't super diligent about enforcing it in the first place. Like, yeah. like there are workarounds, like like one chan bra. Had uh, loading screen mini games. I'm 
I'm, I'm trying to remember others. It's really hard to think of, but there are like extraordinary examples. It's just something that the industry as large has not wanted to contest. So yeah. just they don't want to deal with They've not want to take of, the risk with it. Right. Yeah. But it's a thing that they had a patent on and that kind of sucked. And their patent is, is finally going away. So we're going to get to start seeing uh, loading screen minigames again. I'm happy because that was scummy on Namco. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised that Namco Bandai did something scummy, but that that always felt especially sleazy patenting like something like that. And it's you a know? really weird patent in the first place. Like like there's a um cl- like you're not supposed to patent something if it's been done before. But loading screen mini games, which which I believe they filed this patent sometime in the mid to late '90s when CD games mm. were were becoming yeah. the norm. They existed before that when um, yeah. Yeah. On, on Commodore and Amiga computers when your cassette tape games would load in, which took time. Yeah. They would have you play it's, cheap little loading games while you wait. and It, it, it was an illegitimate patent to begin with. And it's always yeah. striked me as a weird patent to want to own because it acknowledges the fact that your company's games likely have optimization where you're quite often going to have to sit on loading screens for long enough that you'd want a <laughs> mini game. Like that's not a badge of honor I would want for my company to be like, "Oh yes, we have so many loading screens that we needed a patent to make sure that we could have mini games and no one else could on our loading screens." And also to disguise the fact we have loading screens. It, it meant that the games that need them like the Bethesda RPGs, where you have to fast travel and wait for forty-five seconds between making your runs, that that could really there's a perfect candidate for for why this is a bullshit no, patent because Fallout you, Four has these little Pit Boy mini games that you sh- could should probably want to play no, in the loading screen, but would it, never want to play anywhere else in the game because you would it, just want to play Fallout Four instead. The problem is, it's much more important that you look at those high-quality 3D models slowly spinning when you're in loading screen. You can That's make much that game out of it yourself. Of that ratty, dirty bed, the pissy mattress. Uh, Why couldn't I mean, they put I, one of the nice beds in the loading screen? Yeah. <laughs> I used to. I used to make my own mini games out of loading screens. Uh, the one I remember doing this with was No More Heroes, where you had to tap the B button on your controller to make the stars like fly up. And it was trying to see like how many colors of star you could get past before the uh, loading screen finished. So it's like, oh, can I get around to purple this time? Ah, oh, I didn't quite get to purple by jumping the star up. The, uh, oh, Nintendo Okami eShop had a, has a, a mini, game. mini game of mm, sorts yeah, yeah. in its loading screens that you would get, um, get little rewards if you timed your button presses right. Yeah, I'm sure so, they so found are some loophole examples, yeah. but, but it, it's nice that that is no longer a thing. That there is a patent saying you probably shouldn't do. That's good. It should never have been there in the first well, place. I, I don't want to be the doomsayer, but so what's shit. to stop someone else from patenting this? Um, because patent law, as it regards to video games, has it's hopefully moved for, far enough forward. Okay that they now understand that this isn't a thing that is unique to this company. Okay. Also, devil's advocate, there's probably enough money floating around in the game industry now compared to the mid-90s for them to actually take it to court if they want to contest it. Mm. Yeah, that that is also that. Um, so what else did we have on the topic list this week? Uh, according to a leak that happened this week, Platinum are working on a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. They're just chipping away oh, at the oh, license oh, oh, oh. factory. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the uh, the Transformers game they did recently. Dude, so Devastation was a surprise yeah, hit for me. I'm more than happy to see them give that treatment to the Ninja Turtles. They're basically they're becoming the telltale of action games. Ah, and I, I don't good, have a problem good. with that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I am more like here's the thing: their low budget license stuff they've been doing has been 
so so in its quality like you can see the rough edges where they're clearly like having to work on a much tighter budget than they used to you can see some of the rough edges around particularly with stuff like the legend of Korra game that being said looking at transformers devastation it felt like a real letter of love to a franchise that in AAA movies has really not been treated with the love it deserves recently getting a nice love letter that also played really nicely I'm really ready to see that happen for the Ninja Turtles. And also the license that they Plus, work they with. Plus they found a voice actor for Starscream who actually screamed. <laughs> which they never do anymore. They always give him some hiss, which is alright, but I want to hear him scream. The licenses that they've been working with really fit their brand super well. Like, mm. like the Platinum original IPs are almost borderline 80s childish action figures slapping together. <laughs> and and mm. that's the licenses. That's what you do with Transformers and TMNT toys when you're a kid. You slap them together and pretend that they're doing cool, sick, hyperdrive neo-cancel combos on each other. Exactly. <laughs> and then you, your stories always inevitably end up with, and then they went to space and did a fight in space. And I'm more than happy for every series to go in the direction of, and then they bash together in space. <laughs> they bashed. Yeah. Platinum's so good at bashing action figure characters together and... The licenses yeah, and then, that like, they pick are bashing action figures together. And, and that's pretty much where the Bayonetta games always end up, too. A big fight in space. Yeah. yeah. Well, everything they do is like the big fight in space where you bash the two things together. Maybe you tape some stuff together so it gets really big. Like, I tape one tra- action figure to the other so it's a big action figure, and then I bash it against <laughs> another. And, and that uh, actually happens in all of these games, too. Exactly! You tape the action figures together so that they combine, you then hit them together in space, and then you, uh, like, unlock a new sword so you can then hit them together, but you now hit them with the sword because you and, got the and sword. And also, if they're, if they're doing this to build up capital for, for like, Revengeance <laughs> 2, oh, I, I'm okay with this. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'd be good with that. I am happy with anything that gives Platinum a budget to continue making stupidly high budget stuff that will I never see sell. Him, I want to see him go through the entire fucking roster, though. I want to see him go through Thundercats. I want to see him hit up Masters of the Universe. Mask, mask, fucking Street Sharks, I got so much nostalgia when I heard that theme song in your video this week. I'm going to be busting that out more it's often. It's such a brilliant theme song. It's it's good for a cheap Ulysses for a was cheap the, the all-time the great theme song. Though. Ulysses. It was so fucking good. Three's company, Platinum. Ulysses Let's go. Let's awesome. do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask Platinum right now. You're listening to this, Platinum. When I asked for the, um, for the Kill the Kill game, you said that that might happen within a day. I'm asking you now, Platinum. I want a Power Rangers Platinum game in which you play as the Power Rangers, but you also play as the Megazords because you're good at the fighting with big yes. robots, but you're also good at the people fighting. Put them together. I want, the power, I want the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game. While you're at it, an, a, non, a non-exclusive Bayonetta, please. Yes. Well, yeah. Nintendo kind of got the veto on that. I, I think you're Ooh. never going to get that yeah, one, unfortunately. Can do that. And That's fine. Get, get a Wii U for Bayonetta 2. We'll sell like shit regardless. Yeah, at, at least this way, everyone who, like me, actually kind of likes Nintendo sometimes can be like, ha, 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 I got this awesome 10 out of 10 game and you didn't get it. So I feel like they really guys. could have, you know, they could just do a non-exclusive Bayonetta, say that Polycon are trying to censor them. I mean, that's a fucking goldmine right there. Yeah, 
<laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were playing Mister No Comment today. <laughs> that's that's fine. I'll let it round you. You won't get. No one's gonna shout at you, Gavel. It was a joke. It. it was a joke. So other uh, things this week to very quickly run through. Oh, you know, I played uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Mm. How, how how's that doing? Blech. Should have been free to play. Really. It's all it's all right. It's all right. Like I've I've only played a little bit of it so far. Oh. I unlocked a dude who has like toxic poison grenades, which is fine by me. That sounds um, legal to use. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of gas masks in it, which is cool. I love characters with gas masks. It's one of the reasons why I like uh, Umbrella Raccoon <laughs> Operation Raccoon City. because um, of the gas masks. And uh, there's a lot of gas masks, that's good. Uh, the the combat is, you know, it's it's fairly solid Rainbow Six first person shootery multiplayer stuff, uh, but good god, do they push the currency shit hard? So so they're calling it Renown this time. And, Renown, and not yeah, that's their you new play name for bucks. They're in it as well. Don't you wait? Worry there are about three. It. Hold up, hold up. Which one is? Oh uh, no, I'm I'm still confused. So there there are fun bucks and renown and the actual regular old money you earn. Yeah, there's you play stuff. You play fun. Uh, bucks, you play okay. rewards. Oh, there is renown. And I saw something when I was dicking around in the shop called Rainbow Credit, <laughs> which I think what? is a different thing. Well, what's, um, what's and they can unlock various DLC packs. Which one is the one that are already that, available? That you earn in the game by not spending real money. Uh, that would be the Renown. Okay, okay. That you can use to unlock new characters to play as. And then there's, can you use uh, it to unlock the DLC? I'm assuming not. I think I think so, at mm. least some of it, but it, it costs a lot of Renown. And and you don't earn a lot of Renown. <laughs> Ouch. So that It's pretty it's pretty shameless. Uh, like I said, the game itself is pretty solid, but it feels like it, it again. It's it's the Star Wars Battlefront thing of they've got themselves a solid game basis, but they've not. They took the you know any campaign out of it, but didn't replace it with anything. They they it's just a game you could have bought a few years ago with shit removed. That's how it feels. Um, and I'm not against. Um, and I'm probably going to talk about this on Jimquisition on Monday. Like I'm not against. Uh, multiplayer games getting rid of the single player. Yeah, stuff. that's not you know, new I think either. If anything, that's on. That's been yeah. done yeah, since it's not new. Tribes. Tribes one in 1998. Mm. Yeah, and no I mean, one games... complained back then. If I I was a little babby, but I don't remember people getting up in arms about Quake Three not having a single player campaign. They have bot matches, which I still think is important. But I would rather there not be a shitty campaign. I'll just take my bot yeah. matches instead. Thank you. But I think the problem we're seeing with, with games at the moment that are doing it is they're not taking the effort and money and resources saved from the single player and reinvesting it into the multiplayer. I think that's the issue we're having, and that's why these games <coughs> feel shallow. Um, and I, I'm, I'm all in favour of multiplayer-only games. I think the market for them is more viable now. You're way better than when it was... What was it? Did, didn't they do a, a multiplayer-only Shadowrun knockoff that was shit, mm-hmm. like for the 360 or yeah. something? And it didn't do well at all. And I don't think there was a market for it back then. I think back then you needed a campaign. But nowadays you kind of don't, despite people, you know, um, getting angry about it. Uh, But 
they're not the high profile examples of, of multiplayer only games right now are not providing good examples. There's there's a question on my mind that's been burning over the past year since since Titanfall got in trouble for this, and that is mm. do because I don't remember, and I can't find... Uh, when I was Googling it, I couldn't find any evidence. Do you guys remember how much Quake 3 costed at launch? Cost, cost. <laughs> <laughs> you can word. Um, I have no idea how much it costed. Because... Yeah, my memory... I, I, can, I can barely remember last memory week. Memory wants to tell me that it was a full $50... Which... which before seventh gen was was full price, I think yeah. I remember that thing launching for fifty dollars in nineteen ninety eight dollars, which adjusting for inflation would be more for being a multiplayer only game. Like, but it had bots. Like, are are the bots the deciding factor? W- when did people decide to get mad about this? And what is the deciding factor? Honestly, I just I think there was. I think people get mad when, would it's, be when it's removed from something in which which previously had it. No. Titanfall didn't previously have... Oh, God, I don't know. No, man. but Reese, Reese, well, Respawn the, in their Infinity Ward guys did very good single-player campaigns. I, I, yeah. What I will say... Yeah, and I, I think Titanfall didn't get as much shit mm. as, no. as, other, as like Battlefront did. T- Titanfall um, was in a weird position where they advertised up front that it would have a single-player, and then it kind of had a single-player... Well, no, they said it would have a campaign... And people assumed yeah. that meant it would have a single player, but it's like, oh no, basically it's a story at some campaign. point in a multiplayer match, at some point, some guy who you didn't know who it was was like, it's been a pleasure serving with you all, and all this emotional music came was, on. You'd, like, you'd have, you'd have, a cut se- you'd have cut scenes between your, your multiplayer <laughs> matches. But that, yeah, it, the problem yeah. with Titanfall's campaign isn't that it didn't have one, it's that they tried to make it part of the multiplayer, and it was just embarrassing and yeah. shit. I, I, think I feel like issue. with Titanfall, people just didn't know quite how to understand the combination of a campaign, but not really a campaign that it was giving people. I think also, they, they got a little too... Yeah. I, I think one of the great human tragedies of the 21st century is the decline of bots being in multiplayer-only games. Because I, I want that. And I feel like mm. had Battlefront had a quote-unquote campaign with, with generous quotation marks. It was basically like the earlier games where they played a cutscene and then gave you a bot match and then played a cutscene at the end of that talking about how important that bot match was. Like, that, yeah, but that they was were curated bot matches. They were special. They were, they were narrative bot matches. Yeah, they were bot matches. I mean, in the earlier <laughs> Battlefront games that people love so much, that's almost all that they would do. They, they would invent mm. some bullshit reason to give greater value to what was a regular ordinary bot match. And that also meant you could play the game alone offline years after it came out. No, we can't have that. I think it's a safe assumption that uh, Cliffy's game will be a good value for money, multiplayer-only one. What's it called? It's Lawbreakers, isn't it? I would imagine he would not put his name to something that's going to not give you the value. Yes, open. Well, well, let's cross our fingers on that. Um, oh, there was one update very quickly to a story from last week. You know, last week we were talking about that unofficial PS4 to PC uh, remote play thing that was oh, happening. Yeah, that's going to oh, be yeah. interesting. That's, there's an official version. Uh, <laughs> Sony saw this unofficial thing and were like, fuck that. We're not having you making any money off of a feature if we can do oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's if another. They were selling it yeah. for $10. Yeah, they were selling it for $10, this, this unofficial um, emulator remote play thing. 
And Sony were like, oh, if you can do it, so can we. Fine, we're working on it, and ours is going to be free. So... If you're willing to wait that's, a little bit, there'll be a free one from Sony. I'm surprised that they were able to smart. charge $10 for it. Like, I'm wondering how the legality of that works. I, I'm sure that the legality of that was, oh, we've now decided we're making one. Let's give you a very heavy cease and desist that tells you that part of the cease and desist is that we'll, we'll, we'll slam you for less money if you don't talk about the fact we're giving you a cease and desist. And it quietly goes away. How do away. you prove that? I, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I like I I think it's interesting that the people who made it haven't spoken about being cease and desisted, but they've stopped selling it. Very, very quickly they've stopped selling it. Oh, same uh thing and happened with um Project M this week. Oh yes, Project M is uh I saw the headline that it wasn't in development anymore. Is that because of a probably cease and desist situation. I don't know what's happened today, but they did not mention it last night. Very, very suspicious, sudden, mm. wipe the side of the downloads move. Yeah. No explanation initially, like, given besides we're done head, now. The headline I saw of like, oh, they've stopped development initially. I was like, oh, are they just, are they finished? Have they finished making, you know, they're, they're happy with where it's at. No, no, that's, that's not what's going on. You can't download Project M on their website anymore. We don't know why. It's a safe assumption, but now I want to talk to people. Yeah, I, I'm always really curious with these kind of situations, like, what happened that made you go quiet on the reasoning? Like, what was in that paperwork that you received that said... I think... Like, what, what is your incentive to not talk about the season? I think I have a story idea now. Uh, exactly, go I'm, for I it. might get my yeah. video taken down by either Sony or Nintendo <laughs> if I end up finding some dirt with these people. But yeah, I'm going yes, <laughs> to shoot um, out a few emails and try to dig. YouTube will defend that as uh, as fair use now and everything on will be fine. On my bus rides, I'll just get on a bus and the problem will solve itself. It worked last <laughs> time. <laughs> right, so before we move on to a couple of questions quickly, George, you played some games this week. Mm-hmm. What ones did you play? I played uh, Mushihimi-sama, which what is... What is a Mushihimi-sama? A Mushihimi-sama is a um, Japanese shmup that uh, I got a press release for in my inbox. I'm doing a feature that I always love whenever I do it called Games for My Inbox, where I uh, play games for my inbox that I like. Radical, forward-thinking idea there, playing games no one's ever heard of from bottom-tier developers that I actually like. Um, and Mushihimi-sama's... A uh, uh, cave shmup. It's actually not no bottom tier developer. They're um really supposedly a great name in making shmups, but I didn't really get into shmups until the past year. And it's uh I don't know how really to describe it in a way that's exciting. You dodge a screen full of bullets and feel good about it. And as as far as hitting all the the nails of the spectacle and the um. Nice level of controllability and, and skill, skill floor and ceiling that makes these games really satisfying. This one's really hitting the mark. And it originally came out on PS2's in 2004. I don't know if it had an English language release in America, but it came out on Steam just a couple days ago. And um, I saw no press coverage of it. I was actually really excited when I got on Metacritic just now to see that it is the number two release on Steam this week with a Metacritic of about 92. Oh. Yes, yes. Wow. It's very, 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 very exciting. Nice to hear. And oh. then I played another game that came in my inbox that has no press behind it whatsoever called Planet Diver, which is a really neat uh, kind of designed for mobile to PC port endless runner where you are falling down a cave chasm vertically 
and have to uh, use your movement keys to dodge obstacles, speed up, slow down, to smash things and dodge things in a way that feels very, very satisfying. There's a real sense of speed and back and forth momentum and pacing to the action here because the screen goes between these um, segments of scrolling by extremely fast and then suddenly stopping at the last minute when you want to dodge something for extra points or like smash through multiple things in a line to hit combos and there's uh, a really, really fun sense of, of humor, bright, uplifting attitude to this whole thing. It plays old-timey rag music sometime, ragtime music, when you're falling through this cave, jumping around, having a good time. You can dress your girl up like Samus. There's, there's Lu a Luca from Chrono Trigger costume in the upgrade shop. It's 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 good good all fun and, and this sounds this sounds really awesome and since you've been talking about it I quickly looked in my email inbox I've got a Steam code for this yeah. in the press release <laughs> that arrived yesterday and I'm like oh how, I probably should have looked at that that sounds really it's, cool it's like four dollars it's not going to change the world but in terms of games that come from out of absolutely nowhere and just land in my inbox with a code it's like setting a bar far far ahead. Of a lot yeah, of the others. I, I will give this a look now. Uh, thank you very much for the code, Fabian Rastafa, Ben Miller, and <laughs> all of the Fabraz, whatever the Fabraz is. Thank you, people, for sending me a code <laughs> that I ignored. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah. And right I'm before the podcast, I played a tutorial level of Rainbow Six Siege. I, uh, how, I, did, I, how did you get on with it? I'm my first impressions when looking at it when the map first loaded up was like, wow, this looks really dated. Like, like the level of fidelity isn't super. It looks like a, a 2008 or nine. It kind of reminds me a lot of that look f that Left for Dead had, uh, a lack of post processing and shading over these levels. And also, is, is that because all these things are destructible? Maybe I don't that know everything's really low quality yet because I um had, didn't really get an opportunity to destroy a lot of things. I kind of walked inside of some embassy-looking building and got dead by a terrorist after killing four terrorists. Uh, but I, uh, I, I mean, first impressions were were a little mixed. It had a great options menu. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! Options are nice to have. Exactly, you don't have to do everything. You can but choose what to do. The the sense of movement and pacing felt a lot like Rainbow Six Three, and I liked Rainbow Six Three. And I'm down with the idea of Rainbow Six turning into a Counter Strike clone. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just like wondering. I I, I don't know. I can't really judge until I take it online. But I'm I'm wondering if they've really been able to stay above of Counter-Strike's curve if they made a game that looks a little bit lower in terms of fidelity than Counter-Strike Go hit four years ago. Uh, that is unfortunate. So with that, have we got time for a couple of questions before we wrap up this week? Absolutely. Do a couple of things off of the question list. What, what have we got on the question list this week? Um, Ninja Puss wants to ask... Ninja yeah, I know, it's like I know. the sneakiest, most annoying kind of puss. <laughs> Don't want to get snuck up on by Ninja Puss. Ninja Puss wants to sneak up and ask us, when playing games casually and not for work, do you ever find the instinct to critique inhibits your <laughs> enjoyment of the game? This is a problem that I know I face. I cannot switch off my critic brain when playing video games, and yeah. that has kind of somewhat ruined... A, a hobby for me forever. It really sucks. 
Yeah, like, I, I will never. I will, like. I was watching. This is not a video game, but this week I've been watching through an anime called Kaon, and it's the, it's very light-hearted, very silly, sweet anime. And it's like this is stuff that I should just be tuning out my brain and pleasantly enjoying, but I can't. I must criticize it. I must nitpick holes in it because I am a critic, <laughs> and that's what I do. Because being a critic has ruined me. I think. I think any any form of knowledge about um, an art form does inhibit your ability to enjoy it. I can't speak mm. for games, but I certainly know for music nowadays. I'll find it really uh, instead of just putting on a song and enjoying it, I'll put on like a metallic album and I'll um, just be like who the fuck mixed the snare drum that way <laughs> why what what were they thinking when they tweaked it that way and I think having any degree of knowledge does inhibit your ability to enjoy it because mm. you're picking yeah. out the things that you hear as flaws I definitely noticed this in Fallout 4 Un- unlike a lot of the usual Bethesda suspects Fallout 4 was a game where it did not make good first impressions on me like, it kind of peaked in the midpoint, whereas usually I like them for the first tens of hours and then stop. Like, Fallout 4 really introduced me, introduced itself super rushed because I heard issues with their audio mixing. And, and since everyone here makes videos on YouTube, I assume that you might have noticed how sometimes when your character talks in Fallout 4, you hear compression gurgling noises. Anyone else, yep. or is it just me? Yeah, I'm I'm aware of this, it, and that's like, oh, and and when you get to the Freedom Museum and talk to the crowd of people, and Preston with his super boring ass voice acting comes in, there are lines in Preston's dialogue that are mixed differently from other lines within the same block. I hear that a lot in several and, games. And I, it's always weird. I can't tell if I would notice that if I didn't work I think you with would. audio. I think you would. I think a lot of people do that and it's it seems to be popping up a lot more in games nowadays that one or two lines from a conversation will sound completely different in tone than the I, rest. I think the difference is that like people outside of this industry would know something was up but wouldn't be able to put a finger on it and would mm. probably forget mm-hmm. it fairly quickly but once you know what the name of it is and what the problem is and what they should have done to it, fix it, it it is both it subtle makes, and blatant. At yeah, the same it time. makes it stand out so much more when you like ha- you know the name to put to that problem. You know what's it's... really fun is like totally ruining it forever for other people. Like if I was to tell you to go <sighs> listen to do you know what I mean by Oasis right now and listen to the hi-hat, you'll never unhear how fucking loud that hi-hat is. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the biggest the biggest thing that's ruined for me and this was something that I only did for a little while was I for a few months I did um album reviews for a print magazine and my, I get so bothered by poor lyrical composition at this point. Like there are times where like people will make really poorly rushed rhymes that don't work in couplets of verses, or there will be like just bits of lyrical structure that just don't work, and I can't just ignore them and ignore the and enjoy the song. I'm like, no, you, that doesn't work. You cut a corner there. Redo it. Do it better. And it annoys me how often those Recall things will Recall all copies of the yeah. album. Mm. I, I can't just, like, switch off and not pay attention to the fact that, like, they have rhymed one word with a part of that word. And it's like, no, you haven't used two different beginnings of the word to rhyme. You took a piece from the middle of the word and rhymed the word essentially with itself. And that is not good lyrical composition. Don't do that. So I think I'm in a oh. slightly different position when it comes to this. Because for me... 
like I love the process of criticizing games so much that it it doesn't ruin it for me. Like it's part of what I enjoy about games is feeling like I'm kind of peeling bits back and and sort of uh, weighing up the pros and the cons of it. Um, Measuring a game while I play it for years, even Mm. before I did this professionally, has just been part of what I loved about playing games. So it's it's never really ruined it for me. It's just, it's it's only ever been an enhancement for me personally. For for me, I love that when it comes to like criticizing things that I'm planning to criticize, to talk to with people like all of you who like are really into this stuff as well. But like the one situation where it's a problem is when I'm watching, let's say I go and watch a film or play a video game with (laughs) someone who's not like really into the industry and who just was like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. And I'm like, what are you on about? There was all these problems. Didn't you notice these problems with script pacing? And no one wants to talk to that person if they're not in the industry. And that's a thing. But Mm. the, the other bit is like just when I'm trying to not, when I want to just enjoy something without criticizing it like let's say with gavin wanting to just enjoy fallout 4 and not know any of the problems with it Mm -hmm. i feel like i want to go into xenoblade x that way Mm -hmm. and i know i won't be able to because i won't be it was meant to be the game i was going to play just for myself and to just be like yeah this is my end of the year game because sometimes when you're really enjoying something that way you don't notice the flaws unless someone points it out to you and then yeah, you can't take your mind off it. This is, I know I'm not going to be able to avoid seeing those problems because mm. that's what being a critic has done to my brain. Mm. So that is sometimes sad, but you know, that is a thing that happens when you critique stuff. You notice things, whether you want to or not. Mm. That was, a, and, that was a, and, and when you make stuff, just for the record, it <laughs> yeah. also uh, affects yeah. you in the same way. So that that was a good question that happened. Um, Speaking of rhymes, the... but the worst the worst oh. rhyme ever was when in in War Pigs, Ozzy rhymed masses with masses. Yeah, any time <laughs> where you rhyme a word with itself is unforgivable. There's the song it... Michael Jackson does it too, and I get, it's driving me mad trying to think what yeah. song it is. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying to think of the the one rhyme that was recently annoying me, and I can't think what it is off the top of my head now. Um, uh, the questions we've got this week. Um, Thomas Pitt wants to ask um, he, Thomas Pitt has finally cracked and decided to buy his girlfriend a kitten for Christmas she doesn't know this and she doesn't listen to the podcast so he wants to know what should he call his girlfriend's kitten I think you should give her the opportunity to name the kitten I don't think that's a funny answer to this question oh. I think that you should <laughs> call it I don't know Chungus Muck um, toad Cloaca. There you go. They're, they're, uh, Ninja Puss. Ninja Puss. Ninja Puss. Ninja Puss. David. Um, I <laughs> personally like. No, joking aside, I really like when cats have like very boring human names. Like there is a cat that lives on the road I live on that is called John. I'm just like, oh yeah, it's John the cat. If I, like, I really like very boring pedestrian Derek. human. Yeah, names. the next Derek, the next Derek's pet I have name. is just going to be Steve. Yeah, Steve's good. See, just like very pedestrian, like down the middle of the road human names. I, are I good. can go, get to work and say, "Oh, Steve shat on my floor this morning. I couldn't clean it up in time." <laughs> yeah, and they'll be oh, like, I, "Oh, what kind of weird friends does this guy have?" And, yeah, and so, you'll be popular. People will talk so, about you. Yeah. Sorry that I I was late into work this morning. Um, John ate some stuff he found in the garden and threw up. Sorry about that. So yeah, give give your animal like a human ass name. 
Um, it's it's respectable, um, really. Yeah, exactly. That's how it's done. And let's do one last question. Um, Lucas Dare wants to ask, um, have any of us on the podcast played Mother 3? And, you know, I only put this in here because I wanted to talk about... I've played your Mother 3. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, I'd never played Mother 3 before this week, and I started playing Mother 3 because I really liked Earthbound, and I really liked Undertale, and I was in the, the... I had the itch to play another game of that vein. So I bought a GBA cartridge of English Mother 3 that is totally illegal off of eBay. And I'm currently playing Mother 3 for the first time. And any of you played that game? It's it's good. Uh, If you like Earthbound, this feels like more of Earthbound in all the right ways. It's that sort of... The bit of my life that was looking for like a wacky, didn't take itself too seriously JRPG. I it's like very that much scratching that itch. About Earthbound, I'm actually going through an Earthbound replay right now. Mm. I was playing it on my cell phone at my parents' house over Thanksgiving. It's, it's great for that, but it also has a serious problem with its leveling curve. Like I don't know if you mm, noticed it yeah. when you were going through it recently, but like holy, the game for as simple and beginner friendly as the RPG system is, it has a difficulty curve where. You enter a new area, and if you've been meeting the curve in the previous area, they'll just, like, stomp your ass. You, like, have to grind. Yeah. And once you hit whatever numerical level they're aimed at, all of a sudden those very same enemies that were stomping your ass become super easy pushovers. There's, like, a lot of yeah. dying and retrying, and, and I I want to play it, Mother 3, but I don't know if I want to go it, through that again. Here's what I'll say about Mother 3. That is still definitely a concern, Oof. It is, but it's less of a concern. It's okay, less of a pronounced. Okay. It's less of a pronounced jump in leveling when you go area to area. It's still not smooth, but it, you have to do a lot less of that grinding before going into a new area. Okay, so, well that's that's something, I guess. It's 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 an improvement in that regard, and the humor's spot on. What you probably enjoyed about Earthbound. So, if you want another yeah. Earthbound, this is one of those that's. A little bit better, but not hugely. It's, it's mechanically so good improved. for a, a light, reasonable chuckle. Yeah, just until just that ending. <laughs> bring, bring, bring up Earthbound. Play it for twenty minutes. You'll reasonably chuckle at least once. It's like ha ha ha! I beat up that hippie, then got locked in prison by the police. Oh, this is such a jape. It's yeah. Uh, so that it works. Yeah. Uh, we we want to do anything else? Or is this a good place for us to wrap up this week? Because we done we done, we done, we done an hour and a half or so. We done we done. We got plenty of. We done a decent length show this week. Yeah. So before we wrap up, if um, George, if you'd like to uh, remind the lovely people where they can find out more about you and your work. Oh yes. Well, my work is at uh, YouTube.com/slash/BunnyHopShow. I have a Twitter account that is at SuperBunnyHop. SuperBunnyHop was already taken on YouTube. Oh, and who it, beat you I, to Super Bunny Hop? Know, some kid from 2010. Konami. Pro- it might have been Konami this whole time, just just preparing. But uh, they knew. But yeah, I don't. That's fine. Just just put in a claim. Say that he's trying to steal your identity. Get his he is YouTube literally name. infringing on my copyright. Exactly. He is censoring my speech. I don't even know if it's a he. What kind of what kind of shadowy conspiracy am I even up against? You, you, this could be the Illuminati. Maybe the Illuminati stole your name, for all we know. I, 
I would be legitimately surprised, but yes! Uh, YouTube.com slash bunnyhopshow, and uh, that's, that's where you'll find my videos. Um, I think the one that I'm most proud of recently that people who do not, do not know might want to uh, get into it is, um, let's, see, let's see, Metal Gear Solid Five. Around uh, two months ago, I did a 34-minute lengthy review because I really super care about Metal Gear Solid. If you want to know what my channel's about, you mm. can go through that video series. But right now, the uh, one that I'm happiest with over the past couple months is an MGS5 video where I uh, kind of try to put the game's um, strengths and weaknesses in context of the lore of the greater series, which uh, makes a lot of the... Um, of the fan anger behind the marketing bait and switch of this one makes sense in, in terms of them saying that, that it was going to be a villain origin story about a person's descent into hell. And, and it's, it's not exactly that. And, and I, I spent a lot of time trying to carefully explain the hows and whys of, of how this story might make more sense than people give it credence to. Yeah, that is a thing that people should go and watch. It was that a lot was, of fun to make. That was good. I'm really, really yeah. happy with the way that one turned out. You did a very good job of contextualizing a lot of things that are interesting about that, that Thanks. game. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura? Yes? People, people need to know where they can get your stuff as well, so why don't you tell them, please? Well, if people need to find things that I have done, oh God, they, need, they it. need it, do they? Well, they can go to Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. So that's Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, LauraKBuzz.com, where everything I create, be it podcast, written content, reviews, videos, it all ends up there. Other than that, you can support my work, if you like the things I make, at Patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. I have a, a very particular question. What is your very particular question? On your Twitter account, the K in Laura K. Buzz is not capitalized. Therefore, whenever I see it, I read it as Lorac Buzz. So, there is a story behind that. I can't believe there is. So, okay, short, ver <laughs> short version of the story. After, like, a while after I went with Laura K. Buzz, which was initially, like, it was Laura, middle name Kate, uh, K for Kate, Buzz, which was the suffix of a website I used to write for called MCM Buzz. Uh, that was where the name started. Then I did a D&D &D campaign in which I needed a name for a character and I needed something that was vaguely old worldy so i ended up taking laura k and turning it into lorac oh and, so it's like, your D, &D character I, oh that's yeah, kind of cool D &D that's, character that's, name. that's a so cool story I, I uncapitalized the k because at the time i was doing a DD &D campaign i was like oh i kind of like lorac buzz mm -hmm. and then i just never recapitalized it so that's why that's uncapitalized <laughs> the middle k nice yeah there you go it's story time so people have gotten what they need gavin give them a little something <laughs> of what they what? want sorry what who Sorry, Gavin, I was distracted. Where, where are you on the internet, I Gavin? was <laughs> on Twitter insulting Gray's mother. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, as, as, long as, Gray needs as long as you were leaving the podcast for something important. Yeah. Actually, he just got um, me a real zinger there. He said, uh, he had this tweet that said, on a more positive note, the poses in panel one are spot on. Very expressive strip. And I told him, your mum does a very expressive strip. But he came back with, your mum got a positive note after her HIV test. Oh, 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 you, yeah. you two are I good could, friends I could only who are nasty to each other. One, really, touche was all I could respond to that one. 
But uh, yeah, so, yeah, sorry. G- what did you Gav, want me Gav, to talk good. about? So, Gavin, where do we find you on the internet? They people want to know how they can catch up on on such brilliant repartee like that online. Uh, Miracle of Sound on Twitter, me. Miracle of Sound on YouTube. Where I had another four million month this month. Woohoo! Woo. Um, yeah, that's it. And my album's coming out in a couple of weeks. It'll have all the songs from this year, which is not as many as last year. It's only fourteen songs this year, but. I think the quality speaks for itself this year. So there you go. Good, good. Good, good, good. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. As always, thank you very much to George Weedman for... There we are. Said oh, it thank you. ...for being on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, hopefully we'll have you again sometime in the future. Um, I guess that's it. Thank you all very much for listening. We will be back next week, as always. And if you're going to GamerX next week i'll be there in san jose so i might see you there uh, otherwise i won't if you're not there so that that, that, that does that problem yeah so goodbye and we'll see you later bye, bye. make bye. miley cyrus's tweak quest 2016 <laughs> for president make the twerk dream come true miley game for president <laughs>